If you would, open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to read one verse. This will be a little different kind of a sermon. The Lord gave me this verse, and He wants me to preach this verse. Usually we just uh, pick through a verse as the Lord would lead us and guide us to bring home a point. But He wants us to preach uh, as much out of this one verse as we can tonight. Because there's a lot of stuff He wants us to glean out of this one verse. And uh, uh, tonight... I, I want you to leave here just so encouraged uh, from the truth that God's going to plant in your heart and my heart uh, from this verse. Because I want you to leave here saying uh, in agreement with the word that you are abounding and astounding in the Lord. Remember that phrase. Because that's what we're going to pull out of this verse. You are an abounding Christian. And you have an astounding God. Amen. That wants to do a work in your life. And I'm so glad to, that everyone's here tonight. I, I'm, uh, I, I appreciate your presence, and I, I appreciate you bringing the Lord with you. And we're going to leave here just uh, the light of the Lord, the love of the Lord, uh, just shining brighter and coming through us stronger. Amen? I believe that. All right, let's read this together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's read verse 58. And, and Paul here has went through a great uh, instruction teaching about how you and I, we have victory in Christ because the sting of death has lost its victory. Come on, because, because of what Christ done, you and I, we're alive because of our faith in Jesus. And look what he says as he closed out this 15th chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord, be ye, let, it, let the word of God generate, cause you and I to be steadfast, mark that down, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for being here once again. Thank you for honoring the Word. Um, so you and I, we love this 15th chapter. Uh, every believer does because there's such power, such promise, such hope in this chapter. But as he closes this 15th chapter out, he he, uh, he leaves us with so much here that can just uh, just encourage us and, and just cause us just to, to have a confidence in Him and a hope uh, uh, for the future. Because, you know, right now we need to hope for the future. I mean, you, you, you see everything that's happening. But notice what he said there. He said there, therefore, my beloved brethren, my beloved children, brothers and sisters in the Lord, aren't you glad that you're the beloved of the Lord? I mean, come on, you, just think about it. The Bible says that you and I are accepted into God's family because of the beloved, because of Jesus. And because you and I have believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Uh, we become a part of the family of God. And he said that all we had to start being was being what the Bible says. He said, be ye. In other words, when God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, uh, and as he knocked on your heart's door, my heart's door, he drawed us by his spirit. He said, I want you to be a part of my family. We just had to accept it. Let the Holy Spirit 
reveal Jesus to us. Let that um, word come inside of us that First Peter 1.23 talks about that we're born again by the word of God. Amen. Nothing else. The Word of God, Jesus, that's what enables you and empowers us to be born again. So we just simply, this word where it says, be ye, it simply means let the Word generate, let it reproduce. And so I am, you are what the Bible says we are. We're uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're children of the Most High God. And he said because of that, he said that you and I, we need to learn how to be steadfast. Now, I, I, you know, I, I thought about that and I was meditating on that. And we think about our English word steadfast and all of those things. But we need to look at this, what it means from the Greek. Uh, in the original language, it means that you and I are just simply to sit down in Jesus. Come on, we just simply sit down in Jesus. In other words, we recognize and realize that, that we've got a table in heaven. I mean, we've got a, a place reserved for us at the marriage supper. We understand that. We know that. But we've got a, a, a seat in Christ Jesus. And we need to sit down in that and just recognize and realize that because Jesus has bought us a place with his own blood. And he's designated us to sit there. Nobody can take it away from us. Now, I can give it away. But nobody can take it from us. So hold your place. We're going to be coming back here a lot. But go, turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. And let's just encourage ourselves tonight. The Bible says that you and I are to, to stir up the gift that's in us. Well, the gift is Jesus, and the gift is Jesus is the Word. Amen. So we need to stir this Word up. So let's read verse 6, and then we'll back up just a little bit. But look what it, the Word promises you and I in Ephesians 2, 6, that uh, God Almighty, through Jesus Christ, what He's done, He has raised us up together. Come on. Jesus died for us. Death couldn't hold him. God raised him up. And so I've been raised up with my faith in Jesus. You've been raised up with your faith in Jesus together. You're alive tonight. Spiritually, you have eternal life in Jesus. Amen. And look what the word says. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So when, when Paul said, I just need to let this word generate in my life, I need to be steadfast, and that way, and we said that word means to sit down, I need to see every day of my life that I'm sitting down in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I once was dead. Come on, you once were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were lost and undone. We had no hope. But that's what that whole 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is about, is about the victory that we have in Jesus. And so we've been born again, and we need to be steadfast. We need to uh, not be trying to work out what we can do or can't do, but we work out our own salvation of what Jesus done in us, through us, with fear and trembling, right? In other words, our reverence is toward Him, our confidence is toward Him. And so I need to see I'm seated somewhere. I'm steadfast. I, I, I'm in a place that the devil can't touch, I, I need to stand uh, in that truth. I need to rest in that truth. I need to be in that place. Now, notice what how he got us there. Jump back up to verse number 1, and let's just encourage yourself tonight. It says, And you hath he quickened, hath, hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, or in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience 
among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But notice verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for with his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. We got to rest in that reality. You and I, we know what the past held, but the past is the past. Now my future is designated. It's it's spoke forth by my relationship with God the Father in Jesus Christ by the Spirit. Amen. And so tonight I need to be in that place where the Bible says I've been made alive with Jesus. Come on, you're alive because the spirit of life is bringing the reality of what Jesus done. And so I need to be steadfast in that. I don't need to be moved by what I see in the natural. I don't need to be moved by what I feel in the natural. Like Brother Corey was talking about, I believe he was led by the Spirit of the Lord to say that because we didn't talk about what we were going to preach on, minister on tonight. And, and, and that is so true. Our emotions, our feelings, they get us in trouble. But... What is inside of you, the greater one is in you. Come on, First John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than that spirit that is in the world. You have that spirit inside of you. I have that precious Holy Spirit inside of me. And so I've been quickened. So by grace, you and I, we are saved. So if I didn't do anything to, to, to deserve it other than believe, then I can rest in that reality that God done the work. I don't have to do the work. You don't have to do the work. We couldn't do it anyway. So I can be steadfast. In other words, when the devil tries to say, tries to bring you under condemnation or tries to uh, get you in a place in a position that you th- think that you can't live out your salvation, you just stand back and just tell him what the Word says. Tell him what the Bible says. Because you are designated to abound and to astound. God wants to, he wants to let your light uh, that he has placed in you shine so bright that it astounds people around you. It pulls them out of darkness and it pulls them into the light. Amen? All right, now notice one more time. It says, because we've got to tell the devil what we feel. And it raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. See, if you're seated from the most powerful place in the universe, then everything else falls into perspective. Now see, we won't go there, but you can look in Luke twenty-two fifty-five, and you can see where Peter... He sat down with the, the people who crucified Jesus. He warmed his hands at the enemy's fire. But he, the Bible makes particular mention this same word that we're looking at here. It's only two places in the whole Bible that it's mentioned, this Greek word here in the positive and there in the negative, where all of those who were coming against Jesus to judge him, they sit down together. And then it specifically mentions in Luke twenty-two fifty-five, I believe it is that Peter sits down with them. All right, so I can have a choice of where I sit tonight. I'm going to choose to sit with Jesus, aren't you? I'm, I'm going to choose to hold on to Him. I'm going to choose to let Him uh, tell me what I can do or can't do. In Jesus, there's no limitation. Amen? You, you and I, we can work in our call. See, the devil wants to put you in a place where you and I, where we can't, bend, can't straighten up, we're being over. And we're doing those things that are not convenient for us. But in Jesus, the things that he calls you and I to do, you have an anointing for it. You have a gifting for it. And you can walk in that anointing, you can walk in that gifting, and you can be steadfast. Nothing can move you out of that place. Because it's not anybody else's place, but yours. Come on, it's got your name written in blood, the blood of the Lamb, on that place. 
And that's yours. That's why God is building a family. He's building something that's intimate, that's so close. All right, go back to, to 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. He said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and be unmovable. Unmovable. So I, I got to see that if, if I've got my seat and I, I'm not in competition with my brother and my sister for my seat, it's my seat. It's your seat. I'm not in competition with anybody. I can be in the place where I'm not trying to step over somebody, push somebody to the side, but I'm in a place where I, I can be unmovable. I see that this is where I'm at, and I'm on the rock, and I'm, I'm not moving uh, myself, but the rock is moving me. Because see, in Jesus, when you're founded upon the rock, all of a sudden, He starts taking you to new revelations. He starts taking you from glory to glory. He starts bringing wisdom and understanding the Word. You start, you read that Word and you think, my goodness, this is what the Word is saying? And all of a sudden you say, it's been there all the time. The Word hadn't changed, but the Word is in me and the Holy Spirit is changing me and taking me to a new level. And I'm not being moved by anything but Jesus. I'm, I'm unmovable. The world is not going to shake me. What I'm seeing, what I'm, what's coming against me, all of those things, that's not going to move me. But Jesus the rock is taking me to that place in Christ, taking me to that place of reality, of truth, where I can be all that God has designated me to be. Amen? All right. Now, notice what he said. He said, you simply have to be unmovable. Now, see, this is where we've got to help our younger Christians because there'll be something that'll get their attention or there'll be some kind of problem or some kind of struggle and all of these things. And the devil tells them, well, so you messed up or God isn't paying attention to you or God doesn't love you like he did or all of these things. And we've got to tell them, no, this is the season where you're just standing by faith. You, 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 you know where God talked to you. He talked to you to that place. Don't move. Don't leave that place. Don't, don't let the devil uh, uh, browbeat you and get you to think that you need to do this or do that. No, you stay where you heard from the Lord and you stay in that place and it's going to work. It's going to be perfect. Go to, hold your place here and go to Proverbs chapter 12. Let, let, let's look at something about how we know we can be unmovable. Proverbs chapter 12, um, I believe it's verse 3. Proverbs 12 and 3. Look at, look at what the, the Word of God tells us here. A man shall not be established by wickedness. That word wickedness is, is a little powerful. Uh, it could easy, just as easily be translated anything that's wrong. You know, because you and I, we, we see wickedness and we put, put it at, at, at something at our own uh, understanding or our own opinion. But here it's just simply that anything that doesn't match up with the Word. God's a good God. Amen. He does good things. All right. So notice what it says. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Be you unmovable. The root of the righteous. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that Jesus was made sin, that you and I could be made righteous. So when God tells us through the Apostle Paul, be immovable, be unmovable, we can do it. Because it's the root that's in you. Come on, there's no pressure on you. There's no pressure on me. The pressure is all on Jesus. 
He saved you, and He promised to keep you. Amen? So just rest in Him. When the storm comes, when the wind blows, when all the questions start arising, just start saying, uh, Jesus saved me, and He promised to be my shepherd that would keep me, and He said He would carry me on my shoulders when I couldn't carry myself. I'm going to rest in Him. Amen? He's my hope. He's my confidence. Now, in Isaiah chapter 11, down about verse 10, it tells us that 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 the root of Jesse, talking about Jesus, is that root of righteousness. Okay, so it says, But the root of righteousness, the root of the righteous, shall not be moved. So I can rest in that reality, that that root is Jesus. And so when Paul tells me there not to be moved, I can say, Well, I know Jesus isn't going to be moved. And if He's my root, then I'm not going anywhere. Revelation twenty two sixteen. Put Revelation twenty two sixteen up there, Sister Victoria. Um, gives us a New Testament version of that. Look, this is Jesus talking. He said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am what? I'm the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. Woo! So you, you have a promise here. You say, well, there's some things happening in my life, and I, I, I'm in a struggle. I, I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why that's happened. And, and I've got some questions, and, and amongst these questions, uh, my mind is, is, is getting tired. My, my body is, is, is suffering from, uh, because when your mind gets tired, your body gets tired. And you get them both tired, you are tired. So we've got to come back to the Word, and we've got to say, now, wait a minute, Jesus, you said you are the root. And you said that if I have you in me, if I have that righteous root in me, I shall not be moved. And right now, I, I, I feel a pull. I, I feel the wind blowing. I, I feel the enemy doing this. And I feel him saying that, tell me what to do. And, it, and when you come to him like that, he, the Bible says when you come to him in, in faith, he will in no wise cast you out. Amen. So he's going to give you an answer for your situation, your circumstance. And you're going to be stronger because of it. Every time the devil tries to take you and I out, tries to overplay his hand, Jesus shows who's the Lord. Jesus shows who's the victor. Amen. You have that confidence tonight. So you and I, we've got to stand and we've got to say, wait a minute. I'm not only steadfast, I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, but I have this righteous root in me and I'm immovable. Put Colossians 2.7. Colossians 2.7. Paul's writing to the church at Colossae. Thank you, Sister Victoria. I appreciate it. Look what the Word says. Rooted and built up in who? In Him, in Jesus. And established in the faith as you have been taught and abounding therein with thanksgiving. I, I, I got to see. See, if I'm rooted in Jesus, that means that everything that God the Father has ever promised is coming through Jesus and it's coming into me. It's coming into you. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. In other words, you know, you and I just have to let these promises flow into us. We have to let Him build us up. See, the devil tells us all the time what we can't do. He shows us all the time what we don't have. Right? Let's let... This root, this righteous root that is in us, let's don't be moved. Let's let Him do what He said He would do. He said He would build us up. 
He would establish us in the faith. Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That means He's going to give you a word for your situation, and that word is going to make you stronger than you've ever been before. Amen? That's our Lord. That's our Savior. That's the power of the Bible that's alive, not just written on a page, but it's to be written on your heart, on my heart. Amen? All right, let's go back to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, God wants you and I to be abounding and to be astounding. So, He wants us to abound in the work of the Lord. So, let's think about that. Um, Matthew five sixteen, Sister Victoria. Jesus makes this statement as he's, as he's bringing forth this wonderful truth. He said, let your light. See, you've got to see that you've got a light in you. I've got a light in me. Let this light, let it shine. In other words, let the truth of the relationship that you have with God the Father through Jesus by the Spirit, let it shine. And what would it do? Uh, before men that they may see your good works. You say, well, I, I, I can't do this and I can't do that. Don't do what somebody else is doing. Just do what God's asking you to do. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. Thank God for what they're doing if they're doing it in the name of the Lord. But just be who you are. Some of the greatest works that is done, nobody ever sees it. It's in a closet somewhere. Come on, it, it, it's laid across a bed. It's, it's humbled on the floor. It, 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 it's the work of prayer. It's the work of intercession. It, it, it's the work of decreeing a word over somebody's life that they don't even know. That. I, I know in my life that there's been people who have prayed for me that when I was at my weakest point, I would have failed. And I never knew they were praying. But they were praying and they built me up. Come on, it's the same way. You and I, we have been used by the Lord to build people up and and, and so what happens though is we start doing that all of a sudden people start getting drawn to you because you're praying in the spirit you're praying in the holy ghost you don't even know who you're praying for but you're praying and, and as you're praying for them then all of a sudden there's a there's a unique drawing in the spirit and you'll just meet them somewhere on the street or, 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 or somewhere. And as you meet them, uh, God has already prepared a work ahead of time. And that work that was done in private, all of a sudden, it sprung out in public. Yeah. And, they, and they feel that kindred spirit in you. They feel that love in you, which points them back to Jesus. And see, so we come full circle. And what did he promise? He said it would bring God, the Father, glory. So I can always abound in the work of the Lord when I do what God would have me to do, not some label where man would place on me. See, if I put something on you that's not of God, it's a burden. It, it, you know, how many times has somebody asked you to do something and, and, and you want, you know, it's just human nature. We want to help. We want to do what we can do. But if God's not in it, it's not a blessing. It's a burden. And right now, there's so many church people, so many Christians that are burdened down doing the work, and the devil's over in the corner laughing. Because now they don't have time to do what God called them to do. They don't have the energy, they don't have the resources, because they're putting everything in this. No, tonight is the night that God's going to bring some revelation in our lives. We're going to lay down the work of the enemy. We're going to pick up the word of the Lord. We're going to abound and we're going to astound. The world is going to see Jesus. Amen? I believe it with all my heart. All right. 
Let's go back and let's look in the, once again, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Notice what he said. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor. Now, let's stop there because we got to see uh, that there's a difference between work and labor. Now, in the natural, we think, well, not really. But there is according in the eyes of God. So hold your place here and go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. And let's look and we're going to break down. You and I, we can do a lot of work, but we want to do labor. Because when we do the labor of the Lord, it's forever and ever and ever. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. Uh Look at verse number 10 for sake of time. It says, For God is not unrighteous. Aren't you glad? For God is not unrighteous to forget your work. Come on, we, 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 everybody's got something we've got to do. But notice what he said. Your work and labor of love. Which you have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now, we need to understand this. You and I, we can do a lot of things by the sweat of our brow. And we can, we can work those things. But when we get into the labor of love, this, this word labor here is from a Greek word that means that you're pouring out of yourself everything that God has poured in you. And you can feel the strength leaving. But it's not being wasted. That strength is coming out of you and it's going to the person to the situation, to the circumstance, because they may be so weak that they can't take the next step in Jesus. They can't pray the next prayer in the Lord. They can't see the next vision that God's wanting to bring them, but you're loving on them. You're, you're loving them to the point where it is a labor, it's an exhausting uh, a spiritual situation to you, but it's coming from God in you and it's pouring out into their life and it's going to make all the difference. And it's all because of love. The labor of love. And, and, and see, you and I, we, we can continually be, be re, uh, uh, refreshed in that truth because uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, Romans 5, 5 tells us that we are, that the love of God is being shed abroad, being poured out in our spirits by the Holy Spirit. So when you feel yourself, you're giving out and, and you start to feel weak, and, and the devil starts showing you things about people that you don't like. Things that they've done or said wrong. Uh, maybe they didn't act like they should. Or, or maybe the flesh wants to rise up and say, well, they deserve what they're getting. You and I, we stand back and we say, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to yield to that. I'm going to have the labor of love. I, I'm going to let the, the, uh, the fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost come in my heart and give me love. I'm going to look at them through the eyes of love. I've never got to see Jesus. I've heard people talk about where they've, they've had spiritual visions. They've had uh, uh, manifestations. And they said that when you look in his eyes, that the only way you could describe the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ was liquid love. I can't imagine that. I would love to see that. And I can't wait to that one day when I get to throw my crown down and fall at his feet. But in the meantime, I'm going to dream of that. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to try to envision that. But they said his eyes were liquid love. So that means that, that Jesus is always being moved with compassion. 
Now, he, there's a difference between the religious and the people who are struggling. Come on, Jesus helps us when we struggle. And, and, and we need to let him help us, amen? And so I want you tonight, I want you to, to be in that place, in that position where you, you, you say, I, I'm going to always abound in, in the, the work and the labor of the Lord because I'm going to let the love of God determine what I do, my attitude of how I do it, and the duration of what I do. See, there's been times in my life when I've messed up because I got a little discouraged and I just quit. And I was one step away from being in the perfect will of God. But I'm learning. Amen. I'm, God gives us grace and He gives us strength and He helps us. And I want to learn. I, I want to be in that place, in that position where great things happen. Now, uh, let's go to the, the, the book of Acts and let's, let's examine this labor of love just a little bit more where we'll understand it. Go with me to Acts chapter 9. Now, in Acts chapter 9, this is, remember this morning we were ministering about being blinded. Uh, the apostle Paul, before he become Paul, the apostle, he was Saul. And he was doing uh, a work of religion, but he was blinded. He was blinded to, to, to the truth. And, and uh, so in this, uh, this ninth chapter, this is where Jesus has to strike him down on the road to Damascus. And he becomes blind in the natural where he can see in the spiritual. And all of these, these great truths happen to him. But I want, I want you to see the labor of love that comes from the church that comes from the lay people, the, the lay minister. See, you and I, uh, we either minister from the pulpit or we minister as a lay minister. We minister inside the church. We take it outside the church, amen, because each one of us, we have a ministry. And so here Ananias says, look at um, verse number 10, Acts 9 and 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Ananias means God has favored and he had the favor of God on his life, no doubt. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Isn't that amazing? Uh, see, when you and I, when we are used to having this time alone with the Lord, it's easy for him to talk to us. See, the devil wants to tell us that we've got to jump through a hoop. We've got to do all of these things and, and maybe we can get to a place where we can hear from God. The devil's a liar. God wants to talk to you and I more than we want to hear from Him. He does. He has things He wants to say to us. But notice, He said, Behold, I'm here, Lord, verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise. So, He was probably communing with Him on His bed. What a wonderful place to be, right? Just you and the Lord. Just in that place, that sweet place that is so precious. Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas, for one called Saul, a Saul of Tarshish, for behold, he prayeth. Verse 12. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Now, I want you to think about this. This is, this is why we're looking at this, because we're supposed to abound in the work of the Lord. We're supposed to have this labor of love. Now, uh, you and I, we've got to see that God uses the people who are willing to be inconvenienced. And so, uh, can you imagine? It, we don't know the time frame here, but he's communing with the Lord on his bed. Uh, and uh, so he's in that great place. And all of a sudden, God said, i got something for you to do. 
Well, the labor of love is, well, God, I'm loving this right here where I'm at. But if you want me to go do something, you know, I'll do that. But see how God is working. See, God had done, showed Saul, who's going to become Paul, that Ananias is on his way. See, a lot of times in my life, I, I, I asked the Lord, I said, why did this take so long? And he said, well, why did it take you so long? <laughs> See, a lot of times, I want people that, 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 that God is using to, in, to help me in my life, I want them to act and react, but I need to sow the very same thing. I need to act and react quickly. Amen? Right. Verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Now, this is the labor of love. Because uh, he said he heard this by the saints. How many times has what somebody told you and I about somebody else impacted what we did for the Lord or not? We've got to be careful. See, I might hinder somebody who God is trying to get to bless somebody, to help somebody, I might hinder them by just flippantly talking as we were talking this morning, remember? We've got to be careful with our empty or vain words because our words were created of the things for the Lord or they'll create the things for the enemy. And so, can you imagine? God then, he, uh, because He knows Ananias and Ananias knows Him, He's able to bring a truth to him that will take him away from their testimony. See, your testimony is impacting people. It's impacting me. So we want to make sure that we're doing and saying what God would have us to say. Amen? Verse 14. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. So Ananias, what he's doing, he's talking to the Lord about the things that he knows. I... If I just talk about what I know, that's all I'll ever know. If I'll shut my mouth and listen to the Lord, He's fixing to tell me some things that I can't know unless He reveals them to me. And so, it's a labor of love. I'm saying, I love you, Lord, more than what I've heard. I love you more than what I've, what I've saw. And because you love me and you're going to bring this truth to me, I'm going to take heed to what you're saying more than anything else. Amen? Verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. Now, so I've got to step back. Am I going to believe the Lord or am I going to believe what other people have told me? Am I going to believe even what I saw? No, I've got to believe the Lord because the Bible says it's impossible. Uh, Titus 1 and 2, Hebrews 6 and 10, it's impossible for God to lie. He can't lie. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, it had to happen this way because God had then showed Paul in a vision what was going to happen. Now, so I need to be in the place and the position where if I'm hearing from the Lord, no matter what it's looking like, no matter what 
uh, time frame it is, it's going to happen. Amen? I don't let anything shake me. You, we, we, we just keep leaning on the Lord. We say, Lord, this is what you said. This is what your word said. This is what you showed me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to abound in this work. I'm going to abound in this labor of love. I'm, I'm going to let you have the final say. Amen? Now, can you imagine uh, uh, Ananias as he walked in there? You know, he had heard all of these horror stories. But he said, I know God loves me. I love God. And God obviously loves Paul. So I'm going to put this labor forth. I'm, I'm going to put what he's saying ahead of everything else. Verse 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and he arose and was baptized. Now because uh, Ananias was willing to abound in the work of the Lord, and he was willing to do this labor of love, and I want you to think about this. Every person that gets saved, uh, even to the coming of the Lord because of this gospel, because of uh, Paul's revelation of grace, Ananias has got a part of that. Wow! You see why it's abounding in the work of the Lord? This is so much bigger than you and I. You say, well, it doesn't really matter if I come down here and hand out food. Oh, Oh, yes, it does. You don't know. You give food to somebody, and all of a sudden they feel the love of the Lord, and they get uh, closer to the Lord if they pulled away from Him, or they learn how to trust Him more, or maybe they actually get born again, or, or you get to pray for somebody and they get healed, and they take that on out. That's going to go on and on until the sounding of the trumpet. Isn't that amazing? You and I, we say, well, all I did was smile and give them a hug. Is that what the Lord said? Yes. Then guess what? That work is going to abound. That smile and that hug just isn't for that nanosecond. It is a seed that God honors until the end of time. You and I, we're in the place where we're going to get paid. You know, in the natural, you and I, we may not get paid what we're worth. We may always come up short. But guess what? God is the one who looks and He's the one who will meet your need, my need. Amen. Go back and let's close with that thought. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight again. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye, let it be generated in your life, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now notice this. For as much as you know that your labor, your labor of love, is not in vain in the Lord. Wow. You know, the Bible says that you and I could just give a cold drink. There's a reward in it. The Bible says if I'll believe a prophet, if I'll receive him in the name of the prophet, I'll receive, you'll receive a prophet's reward. Wow. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is an apostle. He's the great high priest. He's a prophet. That's how you and I can be joint heirs with Christ. Oh, come on now. It's getting better and better and better and better. Now, look at this last part again. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's close with Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Let's look at the difference. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Don't ever wear your Bible out. Because when you wear your Bible out and you've got to change Bibles, your life is hard. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse number 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, verse 2. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Now notice verse 3. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? So the things that you and I do here, that's all they are. Come on, you wash the clothes, you, you wash the car, you go to work, you, you, you feed the stove, you, all of these things over and over and over and over. There's no end to it. But what you do in the name of the Lord, God will always mark it down. And He is a God that is not stingy. He's a God that pays very well. Look at verse 14. In closing, verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Feeding on the wind. Now, now, that's the things that you and I just uh, do by the fallen man, the old man. But you and I, we get to serve Jesus. He served us, now we get to serve Him. And if I can do something simply... At, at, at where I'm at. Remember, think about the, the little lady with the two mites. And, and Jesus, he let everybody in the temple, he let his, especially his disciples, but he let everybody in the temple know that she had put in more than anybody else. He, he taught his, his disciples, he said, you get along with the Father and you pray. And he said, what you pray will bring heaven to earth. Oh my goodness. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And God will mark it down. Come on, it's time that you and I, I believe with all of my heart, that some of you here tonight, that you need to have a payday. Come on, you've done some things for the Lord, and you need some things in your life. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, that whatever a person sows, that's what they're going to reap. You, a lot of you here, you sowed tears for people. It's time to reap a harvest on those tears. You, you have sowed prayers. You have sowed money. You have sowed time. You've, you've gave of yourself. You have had uh, labor in your life. And, and you've done it all in the name of the Lord. It's time that you step back and say, God, I need some things to be able to finish. The, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 down about verse 6 that the work that God started in you, He's faithful to finish. Okay, how does he finish it? Well, you, you, seed time and harvest. Come on, you've sowed some things. You need to receive back some things where you can abound and you can astound. Come on, you want to abound in the things of the Lord and you want to astound the lost to point them back that let God the Father be glorified by your good works. Amen? Well, that's a good place to shout. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the power of this word. On this one scripture, Lord, you have changed my whole attitude. Lord, you have brought a new affirmative action inside of my heart. And I believe that every person here, that their attitude is going to abound, that their, their actions are going to astound people all around them, that they're going to bring you glory because they're going to let you be who you are in them. You're going to let the word uh, just cause them to, 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 to be all that you've promised, all that you've designated from heaven. Lord, right now, Lord, let 
people be in that place in that position that they if they need to receive something further from you to be able to just take that next step to do what you've have them from the foundation of the world what you've spoke out what you've designated let it be let them receive tonight let this be the night that they get stronger that they get deeper revelation more understanding more compassion or whatever they might need from you to fulfill the call that you've gave unto them lord we pray that it be received tonight there's somebody here tonight who needs peace at a new level They've been trying to pray peace for people. They've been trying to give peace to people. And and their mind is weary. Lord, tonight's the night that they receive the peace that passeth all understanding. Tonight's the night that the the very Prince of Peace does a work in their life. Let it be. There's many other situations and circumstances. Lord, we give it all to you. Touch and draw right now. We ask you, Father, in Jesus' name. Would you come tonight and let us pray with you? Would you make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I've heard this word. I'm encouraged. And I feel faith being released. And I feel faith to receive from you tonight. Would you come tonight and just let us pray with you? And make a call. Make a call on the word of God. Let the word of God abound in your life. Let it bring promise and provision that only it can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.